0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. And how much more fitting was then to work in Mother's Day because without mothers praying, the power of of a mother's prayer, the power, you know, of grandmothers praying, you know, never take that lightly, I'm telling you, even if you're a single mom, okay, even if you're married and you have a husband, there's something about a mother's prayers that they pray like a daddy does not pray, A woman's prayers when she comes to God over her children and over her grandchildren is something that is a supernatural special thing. Because a daddy can pray, but a mama puts a power behind the prayer. I'm just sorry. There's something about a mother's prayer for her children and grandchildren. She don't let go. She don't. She takes that bulldog faith and grabs hold, you know, and as mothers, though, we've had to learn, though, that we pray, but then we give them to God. See, because if you don't do that, then you're carrying your kids, and that's also not what God wanted. God wanted us to pray in faith and then say, God, they were yours first, and I give them back to you, amen, and trust them with God, and sometimes that's hard. It is hard because you see them going through things or doing things they shouldn't be doing and, 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 and hurting themselves or hurting others, and it's really hard. But something, I'm telling you, there's something about the power of prayer when you let them go. And I'm going to tell you what helps me in times of uh, 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 of growing uh, our children up, and we also grew up many church children. You know, we had people live with us. We've you know, help deliver babies, all kinds of stuff of other people's children. But even in the midst of when my children were going through stuff, I always made sure that I was there ministering to other people's children that maybe their mothers weren't there or they didn't go to church. And that helped me see to get the focus off of what my kids were going through, of what they were doing or not doing. I ministered to other people's children. And the faithfulness of God showed through in my life by giving me a peace, and by giving me joy, so then I had to let them go. Because God said, here right now is what, I've got another assignment. You let me have them and pray for other people to come across their path, like you're doing for someone else's children. You pray, God, send someone to them that they'll listen to, that you can minister. They could could say the same thing you said. But when someone else says it sometimes... They go, oh, wow, that's good. Oh, wow, what a revelation. And you're thinking, okay, I only said that about a 100 times to you, but sometimes someone else has to say it to our children uh, than us because, see, sometimes we're looked at as just the mother. You're just nagging me. You don't know. You don't understand but so give them over to God and pray that God will send someone else across their path. But you keep living your life, you keep being that example, and don't think you think, Well, gosh, are they even looking? Do they even know? Oh, yes, they do. And when they come back home. See, you're going to be in the house of God where you're supposed to be. You're going to be serving God like you're supposed to be. You're going to be following him, and that example is still going to be there. And that's what they need. See, now is when your children are doing things or, or 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 disappointing you or in trouble or have gotten off track, don't you get off track. you got to stay on track because they need somewhere to come back to. They need a, a, a point. They need solid ground to come back to. And who's that going to be? You being and doing what you're supposed to be doing with God. Amen? All right, so Father, I just thank you right now I ask you, God, for them to hear your words. God, already I declare that mother's hearts have been healed and made whole and ministered to and touched with your love and your grace. And I thank you, Father. Let their hearts be opened and their ears to hear your words, Father, not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to continue to go on about resurrecting the the family. You know, the first social group that God created was family. And what does God call his church? Family. We're the family. Uh, Like most things, though, that when you're lined up with God's purpose and grace and and in that place where you're supposed to be, it's wonderful. But when you're not lined up with God, see, when you're not in his purpose and he's not priority and you're not in the house and doing the things you're supposed to be doing, it becomes a place of hurt. It becomes a place of woundedness. So let me encourage you today. You may say, well, my family's broken. My family's even dead in some areas. That's all right. God can resurrect it because that's what we're going to talk about today, that God can resurrect our family. And there's even areas, see, in your family you think, well, this is good, but this ain't so good. That's all right. God's a resurrecting God. And when he says, I want to resurrect it, he means every area. So there's not one person here today that could say, my family is 100% perfect, we never have had any problems, we don't have any, and we never will. No, everybody needs some resurrecting somewhere in their family, and sometimes maybe it might just be with us here today, amen? So that first social group, though, that he created was called family, but that's also what God calls his church, his family, and that's what we are to one another, You know, but sometimes the family, the house, we need some home improvements. Just like in your natural home here in God's house, there's things that need to be done. There's things that need to be done and repaired and fixed in here right now, you know. And so sometimes we have to take some extra time, figure out what the problem is, and we have to do some home improvements. We're going to look at Ephesians three. And we're going to be doing this out of the message, and Sonia's going to put them up there, Ephesians 3 and 14 through 19. It says, My response is to get down on my knees before the Father, this magnificent Father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him, That we both that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath, test its length, plumb the depths and rise to the heights, live full lives full in the fullness of God. So We need to do some home improvements physically, and sometimes we need to do them spiritually, amen? Well, sometimes that leaky roof, you know what will happen when the roof gets to leak in? It starts allowing the elements of the world to come in and affect your family environment and the culture, Because we start listening too much of what the world says, what the news says, what people around us are saying, and we're not listening to what God is saying. We're not reading his word, coming to church and paying attention. So now we've allowed the world and all the elements to leak in to our lives. In Galatians 4 and 3, it says, let me show you the implications of this. As long as the heir is a minor, he has no advantage over the slave. Though legally he owns the entire inheritance, he is subject to tutors and administrators until whatever date the father has set for the emancipation. That is the way it is with us. When we were minors we were just like slaves ordered around by simple instruction. The tutors and administrators of this world with no say in the conduct of our own lives be careful to let God's word rule and reign in your life because if not if you don't focus on God and have him in the right priority, guess what? Then the world will start dictating your choices, your thoughts, how you respond, and what we do will all become start becoming the world. When we get a cracked foundation, what happens when our foundation gets cracked, that's when communication begins to break down. And what happens when communication breaks down? Because if the foundation is cracked, that means what? This Is not lined up. We don't have our relationship right with God. So now our foundation has become cracked. And now what's going to happen? We're going to be negative. We're going to have negative thoughts. It's going to affect our relationship with God. It's going to affect our relationship with everybody out here. Family, church, family. Everything is going to become affected because we don't have the right alignment. When you're not lined up with God, it affects everything. See, if this isn't right then this out here will never be right. It'll always be broken. It'll be messed up. It'll be upside down. That's why this has to stay right, our relationship with God. He has to stay priority, and everything else out here will begin to line up. Another thing that happens is wood begins to rot. And what happens when rotten wood begins to, to, to rot and begin to decay, that begins to breed selfish attitude. And motivates undermining the family structure because once again, God's not the priority. So now we're beginning, it's all about me. I got to fix me first. When I get me fixed, then I'll deal with you. No, I got to tend to me. And then I'll, you know, come back to God and ask Him what He wants me to do. But that is not a good thing because selfishness will breed. See, then you're, you just want to be by yourself. You think you can fix it because what you're saying is, God, I don't need you and I don't need anybody else. But that's not the truth. That's a lie from the enemy. Amen. And that will bring in, that will begin to undermine the family structure. Because what will happen, now that brings in doubt in your own family, negativity in your family. There's no balance in the family. The family starts getting all in confusion because now you're out of whack. You know, and as a as 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 parents, whether it be one or two parents in the house, or you're a, a single person, you still bring balance in your home and in your workplace, and you've got to keep this lined up. Don't get the selfish attitude and let the devil tell you, "Look, you need to take some time for you." Yes, sometimes we do not listen to me. There's balance in that. There's taking time for you. Okay. You know, every once in a while or, you know, I need, you know, I need a, a, a day a week or a day a month or something where it's just me and I don't have to deal with other people and problems and children and all of that kind of stuff. But you can't do that daily, monthly. Cause what'll happen after a while? See, it's just all about you. Where's God? Where's everybody else? Cause see, whether we like it or not, God did not create us to be just about us. Or just about you and your four and no more. God created us. He said to go and tell. He didn't just say sit in your house or come in the church. He said, no, go. Go tell. That means you got to be telling everybody about what God's doing in your life. And you can't do that if you need all this time to yourself. Because too much time to yourself can be dangerous. Because then, see, then the devil will come talking to you. You don't have no accountability. You don't want to spend time with God because you feel like he's going to ask you to do something, so you're just going to spend time with you, and that's not a good thing to do. So we want to get rid of the rotten wood and keep God priority because when we do, everything else will line up. You've got to keep balance in your life, but God's always got to be first. Whether you get mad at him, disappointed, or discouraged, he's not going to fall off his throne. You can holler and pitch your fit, but don't stay there. Don't stay there. Pitch your little fit, get it all done, and then remember, but God, you said, you said that you came, that I shall have life and have it more abundantly. Okay, now I've done pitch my fit. You know all about it. I feel better now. I've got it off my chest, but now i got to get up and go on, but I need you to help me. But I don't want to stay here. So keep God priority. You know, um, there's breaking points in every family. Like I said, there's selfishness. Where it's, you know, we feel like it's my needs, and I don't care about anybody else's right now. It's all about me. And like I said, there's a place and a time for that. But that's not weeks and months and years, okay? That's every once in a while you might need some time for you, and that's fine. But you can't do that every day, okay? Whether you like it or not, God put us on this earth, not just for ourselves but for others, Breaking points in family is also, I talked about that, isolation. Becoming withdrawn, and then when you become withdrawn, you become un- uncommunicative. And then guess what? That means and you're really not communicating with God. Because when you start withdrawing, that means you don't even want to hear what he has to say for whatever reason. Hurts, disappointments. You know, you feel like God's let you down, the enemy's gone in there and talked to you and convinced you that it's either your fault, so what's the use? It's God's fault, it's their fault, it's never going to change. You know, but don't stay in that place because that's a very dangerous, dangerous place. Isolation, see, that's exactly what the devil wants, to isolate you from him and then from the people that love you, from the people of God. Look, everybody goes through stuff, but we got to remember we need to go through it with him and with one another. Because remember, together we are better. You can't do this on your own. People are not going to think less of you because you're going through something. They want to help you. Let people pray. That doesn't always mean you have to tell them everything, but you need to just say, look, there's power in agreement. Just agree with me that I get through this. I need some super on my natural, I just need to know you're just praying for me. I don't have to tell you anything. You don't need to ask me. Just pray with me. And let's pray with me one for another because we want to break that spirit of isolation and withdrawnness because what that does too is it blocks up your communication there's a stoppage that comes between you and God and now you don't start hearing what God says you're only hearing what the enemy's saying You're only hearing what your thoughts are telling you, all the lies of the devil and everything. Then you begin to look at all that hasn't happened, all the wrong. You're looking at everything. See, because now that flow has been blocked because you've isolated yourself. You're not communicating with God, you know. And so now the devil's gotten in there, blocked up the flow from God and feeding you a whole lot of other garbage. So we got to put a stop to that and unblock the flow so that we can hear God's voice because what's his voice going to give us? Comfort. Peace, joy, wisdom, direction, keys to your problem, answers that only he can give to let you know that it's going to be all right if you'll stay with him, that the devil's a liar, that God always wins, that He the devil always overplays his hands, but you can't quit and isolate yourself because then he can't get the information to you. He can't comfort you. He can't hold you. He can't give you his love. Another one of the breaking points in family is in woundedness, when we're carrying hurts and unforgiveness around, when we won't let it go, when we won't let them go. I'm telling you, remember that unforgiveness and bitterness doesn't affect them. It affects you. It is like a cancer. It will eat at you till it kills you physically or spiritually. So you have to let it go. Now, look, however God will show you, sometimes it's by you just going to God and saying, God, right now I don't feel like it. I don't want to. I hate them. I hate this thing. I hate what they did to me. But, God, I need you to help me forgive because I don't want there to be a blockage in our relationship. I don't want sickness and disease to have an open door to come in my body and take away my peace and joy, so I'm asking you to help me. Sometimes God will maybe direct you to personally say you forgive that person. Sometimes he never will ask you to ever go to that person, but he, God has asked you in your heart to forgive them. Sometimes I've heard where people have actually written it down, for wrote everything that they or whatever did to them, asked you know, say, forgive me, forgive them. God, I forgive them of this. They did this, they did this, and I forgive them. And wrote it down, you prayed over it, then you burn it up, rip it up, throw it away. And it's done. And then God will help you. Now, look, some situations, there are things that are so bad and so deep that it tomorrow you're not going to maybe feel the difference. But I'm going to tell you, when you start taking the steps towards forgiveness the process will begin to happen and you will begin to feel better. You'll begin to feel whole. You'll begin to feel you're alive like you've never felt before because you've let it go. You quit carrying it around. And I'm going to tell you, some have dug, buried it so deep that for some of you, you know it's there, but you don't even want to talk to God about it because it hurts so bad you don't want to bring it up. But guess what? If you don't bring it up, if you don't deal with it, Then eventually it will fester, it will get infected, it will become messy and yucky, and it will destroy you and your family. It will destroy, I've seen people that have literally have said, I know I have this sickness and disease in my body. I know I have no peace and joy because I can't forgive that person. Don't be there. And if you say, but you don't know, it's been so long now. Oh, it don't matter. God says, let's start today. God said, today I'm a resurrecting God. Today I want to resurrect you and your family. So let's get that breaking point out of our family. Selfishness, isolation, um, carrying hurts and unforgiveness. Because remember, his favor and peace and direction for our lives, for your destiny is waiting on our decision whether we accept him whether we forgive them, whether we do and obey God and all that he's asked us to do. God's voice is waiting to give direction. God's voice is waiting to speak keys, to unlock doors that have been locked. God said, today is your day of deliverance, but I'm waiting for an invite into your life. So we thank you for that right now, Father, in Jesus' name. There are connection points for the resurrection. Um, And actually, I wanted to go back up in that one part. I didn't read this one scripture. In Colossians 2 and 20 through 23, it says, So then if with Christ you've put all that pretentious and infantile religion behind you, you, why do you let yourselves be bullied by it? Don't touch this. Don't taste that. Don't go near this. Do you think things are here today and gone tomorrow are worth that kind of attention? Such things sound impressive if said in a deep enough voice. They even give the illusion of being pious and humble and aesthetic. But they're just another way of showing off and making yourselves look important. Just let stuff go. Give it to God. Walk in his love, walk in his forgiveness, humble ourselves, amen? And just sometimes you got to say, you know what, God, I don't need to be right. I don't have to be right, but I'm going to walk away, and I'm going to walk away in forgiveness, amen? Then we're going to go down here uh, to our connection points for the resurrection. These are going to be what we call how we're going to get connected to that resurrection power being released in our love and the, in our lives. And the first one is love. And that's in 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 10. Now, bear with me, but you can put this down and do your homework. And you probably wouldn't hurt you to type this up or write this down and put this where you can look daily, put it in your car or put it in your mirror uh, in the bathroom. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 10. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say and what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't revel when others grovel. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Puts up with anything. Trusts God always. Always looks for the best. Never looks back. But keeps going to the end. That is some powerful stuff. But see, when we can walk in love and really know God's love, see, then that starts becoming easier. It doesn't mean that we're not going to sometimes still fall or have those feelings of, you know, being upset or disappointed or even feeling like we hate somebody or being upset with God. But God said, come back to my word. And when you'll feed on my love and let him love us, there's a power that will come into our lives that passes all understanding, a supernatural power. Because love never dies. Inspired speech will be over some day. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We know only a portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incompletes will be canceled. Get the truth about God. And walk in what he says about you. Quit rehearsing what they've said. Quit rehearsing what you say about yourself. Quit rehearsing it and walk in God's love and his mercy and grace and his forgiveness. The next one is about acceptance. Galatians 5 and 13. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Well, there's that word, love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you bite and ravage each other... Watch out. In no time at all, you'll be annihilating each other. And where, where will your precious freedom be then? So what does, see, when we, you know, want to talk and murmur and complain and, and, and talk about one another and be hateful, first it hurts you and then it hurts others. But where does that get you? See, then you're not walking in love. You're not worth it. The next one is Forgiveness. Ephesians four thirty one and 32. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God and Christ forgave you. Now listen, now that doesn't mean that sometimes people in our lives, our family, you know, in the church, whatever, are going to do things that we know are wrong. Or your family's gonna be out there doing their own thing that's really, you know, it's gonna, it could hurt them, it could kill them. You know, that doesn't mean you agree with it, but you still love them and you let them know, look, I love you. I just don't agree with what you're doing because I know what the end will be. The end will be for your destruction to either take you out physically or to, to give you a life that's just full of regrets and miserable. And that's not what I want for you because I love you so much. But I'm always here for you. I'm praying for you. But where you are, see, is going to hurt you someday. So I'm praying that you'll get the revelation and realize that what I say is only because I love you. I don't agree with it, but I still love you. See, we can, we can still love people even when they're not doing right. We can sometimes be disgusted. Sometimes we cannot like them for a little bit, you know, because we're just so upset with maybe what they're doing. Sometimes other people's choices affect our lives. But the bottom line is stay in love. You'll get through it, and they'll get through it. Amen. And the last one is Servanthood. Now, these are connection points of how we get resurrection in our life and in our family. Mark 10 and 45. When the other 10 heard of this conversation, they lost their temper with James and John. Jesus got them together to settle things down. You've observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, he said. And when people get a little power, how quickly it goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great ...must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you... ...must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve... ...not to be served. And then to give away his life... ...in exchange for many... ...who are held hostage. See, God didn't just call us to this earth... ...to come in here and do your little thing... ...and it's just about you and your four and no more. He called us to serve. And see, and in our serving... ...we get blessed... I'll have to have Sonia print some more of those. I had some servanthood packages out there that has the benefits of serving God. So whether it's cleaning the church, the toilets, uh, volunteering with the babies, the toddlers, the kids, you know, greeting, ushering, helping when we have events of setting up, working on the grounds, no matter what you do, when you serve God and serve his house, He says, then you will reap the benefits. And these benefits are a whole lot more than any benefits you'd ever get at any job. Even if it was the state or the city or whatever, they can't compare to the benefits that God gives out. See, because the benefits that God gives when we're serving in his house and doing for him far, far outweigh. And I'm going to tell you, you can never outgive God. You can never outserve him because God in that, I'm telling you, there's blessings that come in serving God and serving in his house that you cannot get just sitting in the chair because there's something special because now you're saying, God, I'm ready to serve you in a different way. And never think it's too tiny. Whatever you do unto God, God said, I'm going to bless you. Because that's what he did. He came to serve, not to be served. See, there is a place when we first come to the Lord and we first get saved. Yes, we need to be ministered to. It, it, We need to be tended to. And we need to make sure that new believers and new people in Christ are being served and cared for. But then there comes a day where we say, now it's time for you to do what's been done unto you. Now you go give it away. Now you go serve it. And you're serving. God's going to bless you spiritually, physically, and financially. So as Pastor Ron comes, these are some questions that I want to ask you. Does your family need some home improvements? Are you carrying hurts and unforgiveness? Put God back as a connection point in your family's life and your family will and can be resurrected again. Even where things have seemed dead, even where maybe you've prayed harder than you've ever prayed, but now what God is saying is you're carrying them you're carrying it. It's time to give it to me. And go minister to others. And in your serving God. God said I'll bring. Your children home. I'll restore them to me. I'll deliver them from the drugs. Or the alcohol. Or from the, the, the disappointments. And even maybe just the disconnect. And wanting anything to do with God. Because nothing is impossible with God. God can restore in a relationship, maybe your marriage needs to be resurrected again, maybe there needs to be some love resurrected in that, maybe there needs to be a resurrection uh, 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 ignited in your relationship with your parents or with a friend with a sister or a brother with a co-worker with a church member God said, nothing is impossible with me but we gotta first come to that place where we say, God, fix me. Fix me first. See, because if we're always still out here, okay, nothing's never gonna change. Because God's saying, Oh man, but what about you? See, we gotta first say, God help me. How can I better minister to you? How can I better minister to others? And how can I receive your love? because I'm broken. I'm hurt. I need to be fixed. I need to be resurrected. And as you begin to pray that prayer first about yourself, then God will give you wisdom and insight of what to say, what not to say, how to say it, how to pray. But you're praying in faith now and not fear, because remember, fear and faith can't work together if you're praying in fear and you're always fearful oh my God they're going to die before they get saved or they're going to OD or they're going to get an accident or something's going to happen to them you know they're going to you know, go to jail before they get saved no stop that when you pray over them you think now you say your first prayer and then every day now you just thank God I thank God for the salvation of my family or my children or my husband or my uh, or this member or whatever I thank you for it God because I've laid them at your feet Now, God, give me the assignment of who I need to go minister to. I thank you, God, for your hedge of protection around them. I thank you that you're going to send people across their paths to speak to them. And they're going to hear Jesus, Jesus all around. They don't even have to hear it from me anymore because they're going to hear it so much everywhere they go. But my prayers now are in faith, not in fear. I'm declaring that I see them in the house of God. I declare that they are whole and healed and delivered and set free. Regardless, now let me tell you, it's going to be tempting because sometimes a person's going to call or someone's going to show up and it's going to look worse instead of better. Or they're going to tell you they don't want nothing to do with you. It's all right. They're gods. That's what you say. You say, God, they're yours first you gave them to me or you gave me this relationship or this friendship it's all right; they're yours God and I'm going to trust you to fix it because I know in the end I've got the victory I don't care what it looks like now because my God said my God said that if we'll stand and believe that God said nothing is impossible with me nothing that your household to a thousand generations will be saved and walking with the Lord but you got to say something different say what you want not what you have if you keep talking what you see that's what you're going to have and it's never going to change physically, spiritually or financially say what God says and then let it go let them go keep God first stay connected to your lifeline don't go out there doing this on your own Don't get hurt and mad at God. It's not God's fault because he gave us all a will to choose our own selves. What we want to do and what we don't want to do. But it's alright. Right now they may not be doing what they should be doing. But what does God say? God said, declare my word that you shall see them say, You shall see them healed. You shall see them delivered. You shall see your marriage restored or you shall see your friendships. You shall see you restored. You shall see yourself healed because you've been able to forgive. Say what God says because he is your lifeline. He's the very breath that you breathe and without that you keep trying to do this on your own you're going to wear yourself out then what happens when we get weak and we get separated from the flock that's when the enemy moves in that's when the enemy will move in on you and then now you're not going to be praying like you should be praying and now what's happening the person out there that needed you walking in faith they're looking at your life and saying well if this was really for real why are you quitting why are you giving up why are you walking away I thought you said all this stuff. See, they're watching. They're watching and they're listening. You and I can't afford to back up. You and I cannot afford to let off on our faith. You and I can't afford to walk in fear and doubt and unbelief. You can have a moment, but have it by yourself and then get over it because they're watching, they're listening, and they need you to be strong in their weakness. They need you to have faith in their doubt. Or the situation. Whatever it is. Stay connected with God. Because I'm going to tell you something. God said today is a day of resurrecting. A power. The power. Of the blood of Jesus. The power of the resurrection. Is in Jesus. But it has to be in our trust in him. And our hope in him. And our love in him. I also want to. Uh. I'm going to give a few mm. <clears throat> invitations here. First, though, if if you if everybody would just bow your head for a minute. Maybe you don't know Jesus, or maybe you've been away from God. Maybe you've been at one of those points where you knew all about God, but there just came a place where sometimes we think we've got a better, a better way, or we've done it our way, or we got hurt, disappointed in God or in our family, and we kind of stepped back from God. But you need to come back to God maybe for the first time or rededicate yourself back to God. I'd like you just to raise your hand so we can pray and let God help you in that. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now, we just speak and pray over every hand that has been lifted, God. Help them in their commitment to you and to coming back to you better than ever before. There's a strength. And a power coming over their lives. A resurrecting God of a fire for you. And a love for you. Oh God. I declare right now. Let's Pray this prayer everybody. Say dear Lord. Come into my life. Be Lord of my life. I give you all of me. I give you everything. And everyone attached to me. But today. I trust you. And I want to walk, with you. to walk with you. And Lord, also for those that are saying, Lord, I want to come back to you. I've, I just feel like I've gotten distant. I've gotten far away. I declare right now, God, that there's been a softening of hearts. And their hearts have been open, Eyes. And they've even been healed, God, of knowing that it's all right. That you love them. You forgave them. And now they need to forgive themselves. And forgive others. And walk in your forgiveness and your peace and your joy. There's a restoring right now to the family. A restoring right now, God. I thank you. There's a restoring coming to your family right now. There's a restoring. There's a peace. There's a resurrecting coming to your family right now. Where it's been broken. Some say, man, my family is so messed up. Well, guess what? God's was too. God's was too. But guess what? He didn't give up, did he? See, it doesn't matter how messed up or how upside down you think things are. God said today is the day of resurrecting your family, your personal family, your distant family, your church family, your relationships with one another. I declare right now, God, there's been a release over your people. I'm telling you, there's been some hurts. There's been some hurts that have been so crushed. They've been abused physically, mentally, and emotionally, sexually. But such abuse, God, I declare healing and wholeness over them right now in Jesus' name. I bind that spirit that it can no longer have any place in their lives. I declare right now, I speak to it at the root. You've been pulled up by the very root right now in Jesus' name and never Jesus' name, we break that generational curse, God, that has been carried down no more in Jesus' name. No more. The blessing of God will rule and reign over everyone in this house and over their households, God. I declare to them today, they go home. Touch their doors with oil and declare the blessing of God over their homes. That everyone that enters in will be blessed and be touched by the presence and the Spirit of God. If you've got unsaved loved ones living in your house, touch and anoint their bed with oil. Pray over it. Declare that in the nighttime they'll hear the voice and the sound of God. They'll feel declare their house and their families to be blessed, to be blessed, to be blessed, to be blessed. In Jesus' name, no more strife, no more division. No more confusion. In Jesus' name, peace. Restoring the years that the enemy has stolen is going to be restored and come back are gonna start getting where you're gonna say oh my God I didn't know it could be this good I didn't know I'd been missing out don't look back at what you lost look at what you're gaining God's doing a new thing gonna resurrect bring back pay back restoration to what's been stolen from you physically spiritually and financially relationally being restored over your house in Jesus name Jesus' name, and we thank you for it, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it, and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassionchurch.